Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're in the second half hour here or at a, the top of the hour. Thank you to Coach Stephanie Perkins for being on track and field associate head coach at Southern Illinois. We appreciate her taking time to be with us. And go ahead and open up the mic of some, some of our gentlemen here with us and also co-host Duck Riley, sir. Thank you for that, for, for organizing that. Stephanie was a good interview, um, really good information, Duck. Thank you, Princess. Yeah, it's always good, especially women in sports history. It's always great to be able to grab someone and uh, kind of introduce them to everyone. Amen. It's always good to elevate women and tell them how awesome they are and just have a little girl power. Always good for that. Right, Doug? Um, okay. All right. <laughs> you sound like Rev. Okay, what else would you like to talk about? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get in tall, light skin, brother, here first off. So, Larry Tisdale, how are you? What's up, fam? How's everybody? What's up, fam? Tisdale, I'll get you off air because you had all of your stuff mixed up today and posting what was yesterday and then realizing that I don't know what I'm going to do with you. No, I got in the right time. I just jumped in early. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought I saw you post the X Files today. I, I <laughs> oh, oh, you you know what? You probably did. <laughs> so I'm just playing with you. I'm so you were here. Yeah, I saw you listening in to the previous show. I appreciate that. All right, yeah. let's get in twelve thirty two. Twelve thirty two, give us your name. Tony never had it so good, Coleman. <laughs> e money. <laughs> was that, I was like Tony Coleman. <laughs> I was on I like LinkedIn it. and Twitter and everything. Tony Coleman is sharing. I appreciate that, sir. I really do. I appreciate that. All right, zero nine eight six. I'm gonna need some glasses here soon. Zero nine eight six. Give us your name. Oh, uh, Tommy Pritchard. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, What's sir. Up, Good evening, sir. And, and go Lakers. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but that's all in the system right now. I'll add as they come in. Okay, all right. Uh, let me let me start with Tony. Uh, never never hit it so good, uh, Coleman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tony. Did your top five change over the over the weekend? Yes, it did, Dave. About five change, man. I um uh. There's a couple changes. I still have three of the five I had before, which were Alabama, Houston, and Kansas. Uh, but I, I did a little change, and uh, I added Marquette. And then for that fifth spot, I have another split again. And the two teams that I have that are split is Duke and Memphis. Oh, all right. Duke moved up for you, huh? Yeah, they 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 have man. They they've been coming together, man, and uh, they've been impressing me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, now I was just going to say they just, um, you know, they they went on a on a you know win streak and it seemed like these guys are starting to mature and peak together at the right time. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Larry? Did did yours change at all? Uh, you know, it's and I'm not sure because I'm not sure what happened to some of these injuries. Uh, some of these injuries, uh, like Sasser, might be back, but for the most part, it remained the same. I love Houston at number one, UCLA. Uh, I may move Marquette up from where I think I had him at six into the number five position. Um, I like the way they're playing. There's no way I can – I'm not a Dookie fan, so it's really difficult for me to move <laughs> them up there. Um, but Purdue doesn't impress me very much at all. Um, Gonzaga has a style about them, uh, so I would probably uh, move Gonzaga all the way up uh, into the sixth place. So Houston, UCLA, ooh. I can't even take Kansas out. Marquette and then Gonzaga. Uh, Again, Gonzaga has that style of play similar to um, St. Mary's, who gives them problems that uh, kind of throws people off during uh, uh, NCAA time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Tommy, anything changed for you? No, I I kept the same five, David. I still got Kansas, UCLA, Houston, Alabama, and Purdue. I, I I still don't feel too good about Purdue, but I'm gonna keep them there. Okay, uh, Precious, did you want to jump in till we get Tim? Uh, what about your your top five for the men's basketball? All right, Precious must be on mute. Yeah, I think she's getting her nails done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that brought her back. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, your mother I, I am a, <laughs> that's right. I'm a little like Larry in that I, I want to know some of the, the progresses of the of the injuries, but um, you know, I still um, I have Purdue in my top five and also Houston, um, and, and I'm concerned uh, about Gonzaga. I put them in my top five, and one year I had the audacity to pick them to win it, and they just ne- it never seems um, to pan out. But I'm thoroughly impressed with Auburn, and I want to see what they can do. I mean, not Auburn, Alabama, and I want to see if they can really ride this out um, until the end. And um, my dark horse that I have there just because I love him and that's the young man that's at Texas and took over for, you know, all of that controversy with the former head coach. And I want to see how he does after winning the the big conference championship tournament. So that's my top five, Houston, Gonzaga, Purdue, Texas, and Alabama. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, coming right back to you, Tommy, because I said, who got into the tournament that you did not expect? And who got left out? I tell you, um, you know what? I looked at, at at a few teams that's in, and with their record, the only way they got there was to win their tournament. So I eliminated them. But the the one team that's in that got my attention that I didn't expect to get in was West Virginia. Oh. Um, <laughs> Hello, hello. 
I like Tommy Pritchett, and I was surprised. No. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm going to say this. I was surprised that um, I think it's, that Clemson didn't get in. I, I thought they had done enough and really um, beat some teams in the ACC to get there, and, and they were left out. Um, and maybe that's because it's, it's here local. Um, who got in? That I'm not going to go there, Duck, you know, with who got in that, that maybe should not be there. But I just really want to also um, mention Kansas, and you know I hope that Bill Self is can whatever's going on, you know that mm-hmm. he's healthy and can be back for the tournament. And I also just want to give a short shout out to to Shaka Smart. We talked about that a lot, but um, that cannot go unnoticed. Just like Stackhouse at Vanderbilt and what he's doing in beating. Kentucky in the the SEC tournament, but that's my only one that I was shocked that didn't get in. Some that got in, I can't tell you besides West Virginia, but um, uh, I'm just going to go with Clemson. Uh, <laughs> and Tim is on duck, so after this, you can go ahead and mute my mic so that I don't mention West Virginia. Maybe not, you know, whatever. Uh. He's quiet okay. again. Now, now all I need is my other homeboy to throw a dagger in my heart. All right, but go ahead, Tim. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like several of the others. Uh, you know, don't want to say that somebody doesn't deserve to be in. Uh, you know, there's some teams that you have some questions about, but I, they'll remain nameless. But I tell you what, uh, the, I think that uh, a couple of people have mentioned Vanderbilt. Um, that was a tremendous season that they had. They beat some some very talented ball teams in the uh, in the SEC, and uh, and and had a good conference tournament. Uh, so I was really stunned that they didn't get in at some point uh, with some of the teams that did get in. Uh, you know, I just uh, Vanderbilt probably was the most glaring uh, exception in my mind. Okay, uh, Tony Coleman. Wow, man. I, I, it sounds like we all had a meeting before we got on tonight because everything that you guys have said from Tim, Mary, Tommy, uh, Princess, uh, I have been thinking a lot of the similar, uh, similar thoughts. Vandy hey, Tony. Say sure. it, Tony. Just say what sure. you know. <laughs> I also felt bad for uh, Clemson not getting in. And uh, to the various points that was already made, um, I don't want to, you know, hate on nobody who did get in. But when you start comparing teams like in the ACC, you know, NC State and then Clemson, they they beat them three times. Uh, right. I mean, I know you mentioned that they beat them three times. They beat them by double digits. And then they had a, a really strong schedule. Um, I think where the problem is coming in that, that a lot of people are, you know, I guess just not aware of, is the metrics that they're using now to determine who gets in and gets out. And it's actually throwing coaches off in terms of the way that they coach now. So now they're trying to get um, teams on their schedules that may be a quad one team. There's a you know tough game. Um, they got to try to win that game to try to get those points. And then the other thing is, you know, they take into consideration how many points you win and by, points you lose by, 
it's just so many different metrics they say, man, the coaches are saying that it's just really like they really, really hate it because let's say for example, you're winning the you're winning the game toward the end. And then you want to get your, your bench in. And then you know, wow, you're looking at the score, you might be up twenty and next thing you know, you're you're only up by like fourteen. So now you're gonna keep your starters in and try to push that thing back up to twenty because now you're thinking about metric points instead of you know, usually I'm just going to get my guys off the bench and get them some playing time. So it's making them coach a different way. So the metrics is complicating things a little bit and making coaches coach a certain way. Um, but, yeah, um, some of the conferences with the automatic bids, thats a, I guess that's a whole other discussion for another time. But um, the Big Sky Conference, man, you know, I mean, number 14 seed, my inner state, I don't want to hate on them, but, you know, Grand Canyon, the WAC. Uh, I mean, you know, these teams, they're going to just get, you know, knocked out real quickly. Um, so I, I guess that's something for the future to, to talk about with the automatic bid conferences, just not being able to compete against those quiet one-level teams. But uh, I agree uh, with Vandy and uh, Clemson not being able to get in. And uh, I was surprised that NC State got in before uh, Clemson did. Okay, uh, and, Tony, and I want to stay right. I want to stay right with you because I want to know what matchups are you expecting to see in each region. Okay, I tell you what, Dave, and uh, you might be surprised to hear me say this, man, but in the South region, uh, one of the key matches I'm looking forward to seeing is West Virginia and Maryland game. And no, no match, yeah. no match, no match. But go ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the in the South region, in the uh, the East, I think the East region, man, is probably the toughest region uh, for anyone to get out of. And uh, the matches I'm looking at, um, Purdue and Memphis, uh, predict the upset there. Memphis is going to knock the number one seed out. Um, and um, Kentucky and Kansas State, that's going to be another key matchup. Mi- Michigan State and Marquette. Um, I definitely uh, look forward to seeing those matchups. And and uh, if you notice that, I automatically have certain teams winning, moving into the next spot to see those matchups. And then the Midwest, uh, Miami and Indiana. I think that's going to be a very uh, – a very good matchup. Um, Texas A&M and Texas. Um, that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, a game to see. I hope uh, I forget the kid's name, but I think he hurt his hurt his leg for Texas uh, in the conference final. And uh, if he's not playing, that's going to really hurt them because he's like uh, such an integral part of their uh, whole um, scheme of things name right now. Um, Kansas and Arkansas, you know, these guys got top 10 NBA draft picks, you know, on their roster. And I think TCU and Zaga, uh, that's going to be a very, uh, that's going to be a good, good matchup. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing those matchups uh, once they develop. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim. 
yeah, if we're if we're talking about first round, I think the Maryland West Virginia game matchup is is very interesting uh, in the South. Um, I, I I think uh, another team, another game that I think I'm going to be watching really closely is Duke and Oral Roberts. I saw Oral Roberts play last week. They're not bad, and they still got that Aceless kid that was the point guard that uh, that lit up uh, the tournament a couple of years ago. Uh, Ohio State included uh, in that run in the East. That's a that's going to be a great first round matchup as is. Uh, uh, USC and uh, 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 Michigan State is going to be a good matchup. In the Midwest, <clears throat> Iowa and Auburn ought to be a very good game. That'll be a very good game. And Indiana and Kent State, believe it or not, from the MAC. Kent State played Arizona really strong, and they played Houston very strong this year. They lost by uh, by single digits to both of those teams. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of people have been sleeping on them. Uh, and, and there's a team that, that uh, really sort of caught me off guard, uh, and I've been uh, sort of like sleeping on them, and that's uh, uh, Iona, uh, Rick Pitino, uh, playing against UConn. He's, uh, you know, reportedly getting ready to get back into the uh, uh, the uh, Big East. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I mean, and back into, uh, yeah, back into the Big East. So, uh, you know, that that should be pretty interesting. And then St. Mary's and VCU. Uh, in the West, those are those are games that I'm looking forward to in the first round. That should be very very interesting. Uh, Precious, how about you? What games are you looking forward to? Did she get off her uh, top? <laughs> oh, let me cut her mic back on. <laughs> All right, until we get Precious back on. <clears throat> Okay, here we go. Hey, Doug, go ahead and skip me. For right now, I'm trying to deal with another problem. Skip me. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Larry, what about you? Yeah, some of the same games as, you know, Tim and some of the others talked about, uh, especially first round. Second round, I'm really looking forward to something, but I know you mentioned this. Um, that St. Mary's VCU game. Um, I know St. Mary's is five, VCU 12. I got VCU pulling that out. St. Mary's just has a style of play to give Gonzaga and some of those out there um, some some problems. But I think if they match up uh, against some better athletes, uh, they're probably going to struggle. Uh, so and I, meant, I know Princess mentioned earlier, you know, they were ranked highly last year, year before, and they, you know, kind of disappoint. So I kind of expect that to happen again uh, uh, this year also. Um, that Oral Roberts-Duke game, I think that's going to be one heck of a game. Oral Roberts can play. Uh, Duke has been on a run, um, and they do have these some, some really good athletes, some really good basketball players, um, and they are you know coming into fit right now. So that's going to be really interesting to watch that game. But Oral Roberts is going to give them a handful. Uh, and then I got a real sleeper here, man. I got if if and I know we have the play in with Texas Southern and FDU Fairleigh Dickinson, but if Texas Southern wins that, I, they're going to give Purdue fit if they can deal with that size and use their athleticism against them, against their big man. If they're able to use their athleticism against them, I think they're going to give them fit. I have not been impressed uh, with Purdue watching Purdue uh, this year. Um, and some of some of the other games, uh, I'm looking probably forward. I, I do think that Maryland-West Virginia game is going to be a heck of a game. I've got no. – well, I'm not even sure it's going to be an upset. i got West Virginia pulling that one out. Um, I watched my Maryland. Man. Maryland's a little my man. <laughs> 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 I 
I got them pulling that out, uh, just the inconsistency that uh, Maryland's been showing. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm not sure Kent State can give uh, – I'm not sure on the other side over here that Auburn – the Auburn-Iowa game will be a good game. Um, it, again, eight nines will always be good. Iowa could pull – well, I, I can't even call it an upset. Iowa at an eight seed could uh, easily win the game. But I think that's going to be a tremendous game also. All right, Larry, since you know how to pick them, I'm going to just stay with you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Who is your final four and who wins it all? Oh, yeah, so, okay, and we need to, you know, kind of have a, a disclaimer based off of injuries. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking this bacon on Sasser and some of the others coming back. Um, so if Sasser's coming back, uh, I, I, listen, I've got Houston, Kansas, because UCLA with Jalen Clark out, uh, that's really going to hurt them. Uh, but then I don't know if Self is back. So that's a toss-up. If Self is out, I think that hurts them a great deal. Jalen Clark, that hurts them a great deal. And all of a sudden, you know, I think UConn can move into it. So if there are no injuries uh, where we're at right now, we know Jalen's out and Self is back. I got Houston, Kansas, and then I got Marquette. I love the way they're playing. I know that he's going to have his guys ready uh, to play. And then I got uh, Bama up top. And I'm going to go Marquette in Houston in the finals. And that's going to be a great game. And I'm going to give it to Houston. I just think they're probably a little more experienced and Marquette's a year or two off. Okay. Uh, Tommy. Is this about the final four? Yeah. Okay. You know what? There's going to be so many upsets. The teams that I pick may not even be there, but I'm going to pick four. <laughs> it's gonna be, hey, this, you know, to me, this tournament is wide open. I, I just can't – you know, when I look at the teams, I just can't sit down and say, hey, they're going to win it. But um, <clears throat> my four are Alabama, Duke, Texas, and Kansas. Uh, and I also feel that Alabama will win it all. Oh, okay. All right, Tony. My final four. Um, who have some concerns like Larry with Houston, Sesser, um I hope yeah. that his grown, you know, is uh is back. It wasn't you know, wasn't as severe. Uh, the last report I did read they were saying that uh, he was probable or questionable, almost as if he, he, you know, he's going to be back. So I hope that that's true. You know, those growing injuries are there, you know, yeah. kind of tough, tough to figure that out. But I definitely have Houston, I have Kansas. Um, Bill Self is out of the hospital. He's back with the with the team. So I'm assuming he'll be on the sidelines once they get started on Thursday. Um, and uh, I got Alabama in the south, and I have Marquette in the, out of, coming out of the east. Um, you know, Shaka is going to have some havoc going on, I, I believe. And, um, you know, especially if he ends up getting that uh, – I don't know who's actually going to get that coach of the year thing, but I know he was in the running. I might give a little boost there for Marquette. Um, and then I have – to win it all, actually, the the, uh, the national championship teams would be Houston and Bama, and I, I picked Bama to win it all. 
Okay, uh, Tim. Yeah, Doc. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm really sort of stunned uh, that Alabama's doing what they're doing at, a, at what has basically been a traditional football school. That's pretty impressive. Um, I had a buddy who played football at North Carolina for Mac Brown when uh, uh, Jameson and uh, Vince Carter were there, and he, you know, they were like ten and one, and he said nobody even knew they were on campus. Um, so <laughs> this is, um, I think, in the South Alabama is going to come out of there. Um, I would not be surprised out of the West if UCLA wins that uh, and uh, and represents the West uh, in the uh, Final Four. And I think Marquette. I think Larry mentioned Marquette uh, coming out of the East. I think they'll they'll uh, they'll pull that out. In the Midwest, wow. Um, I would I would generally say Houston, but um, I watched Penn State this past week and they're they're surprisingly good uh, as well as Texas. Uh, but if uh, if Sasser is 85%, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Houston. Uh, and in the final, uh, in the championship game, I would say uh, uh, Houston Marquette. And uh, I'm going to go with Marquette to, to pull the upset, win the national championship, first time since Al McGuire. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to stay with you, uh, Tim. Talk a little pro basketball now. Dylan Brooks, has he proven himself? Dylan Brooks is a good basketball player. I think he, like most of that Memphis team, is a little bit immature. Um, you know, he, he's a bit of a lightning rod. I think he, he sort of fashions himself as a Dennis Rodman, uh, a Draymond Green type guy, but I don't think he's on that level, uh, at least not yet. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he's got the kind of talent that those guys have in terms of impacting the basketball game, but he's a good ball player. I think he's a legitimate pro. And, um, um, you know, I wouldn't mind having him on my team. Just needs to grow up a little bit. All right. Tony Coleman, the Patrick Beverly of the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> did, you, did, did you say Dylan Brooks? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what. I um, – I was really thinking hard about this, man. I reached out to uh, a couple of uh, buddies of mine who are NBA scouts just to get some feedback and their opinion about this guy. They said he's proven himself, and um, they believe he's proven himself as a legitimate NBA player. Um, I guess one reason is he got a three-year contract for $35 million uh, guaranteed. Um, That'll do it. And then, uh, you know, some hmm. <laughs> uh, but then the other thing is, um, you know, a lot of the coaches actually they want a guy like that on their team. Believe it or not, um, you know, sometimes you know you question man some of the antics of these guys, what they're doing out there. This guy has excessively uh, gotten so many technical foul calls. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know when I watch. When I watch those kinds of games, it kind of like, you know, as a coach, it kind of like turns me off a little bit. But a lot of those coaches in the NBA like having guys like that on their team. And what he's, you know, what he's being used as, the guy who plays the, the opponent's best player and just get on his nerves, man, just be a thorn in his side the whole time, just messing with him, talking trash, bumping, you know, elbowing, just doing everything just to get in the guy's nerves. And that's what he does. And and that's what they put him out there to do. And uh, so based on 
you know, uh, the philosophies of a lot of the coaches, you know, they, they like the guy like that. So uh, I think he's proved himself and uh, all the way to the bank. <laughs> okay. Like, like you like how he's uh, going after Draymond and Kyrie? Uh, okay. But my point is, I think this young man is a clown. Um, is he a basketball player? Can he play? He absolutely can. Now, here's the issues that I have with him, and it's funny that we just mentioned, you know, Dennis Rodman and Draymond. Um, theirs was controlled, and the, the, the problem that I have with his is, is that he was on a team with a superstar, um, and it's kind of thrown the superstar off. Yeah. And so yeah. the whole the whole image and, and feel of that team is more of a street ball, um, and they want to and they believe that they could bully these pros. And you saw Draymond said, "I get technos when I want to." You saw Clay. Um, it's rubbing these guys the wrong way. I do listen. I appreciate somebody who can go in there and mix it up, and you know play their you know a Rodman or a Draymond. Uh, very calculated, very smart players. You know, the guys that we're talking and comparing them to. I don't feel as though, you know, he's on that same level. I think he's somewhat immature, a great deal immature. But what he is doing, I think, is much more harmful to that team in the long run. And obviously, you know, we've seen all through this year the technicals, the fights are about ready to happen. And I don't think it's, it's productive to the team, a young team, um, as it would be with maybe, you know, a veteran. And a veteran to even say, hey, listen, maybe we need to do this at this time, at, at, at this, at, you know, this game, this one we leave alone. So um, I think he's – listen, he's a good ball player. He could really play basketball. I, but, you know, like when we used to play basketball, I think he's like just a self-check. Like he checks himself and, you know, into technical fouls and to getting the other teams riled up. Um, so – um, I, I have very mixed emotions. Um, I'm not even sure. I'll take a Draymond on my team. I'll take a lightning rod on my team. I would not want him on my team by the way he is right now. He's just way too raw. Uh, he just reminds me of a guy in the streets who's always trying to start something, who's got a good game and really doesn't even need to be running his mouth because his game would speak for itself. So, um, yeah, he is proven, but I, I do. I, I, I picture him as a clown, and he's, he's self-checking himself in his team. Okay, uh, Tommy, uh, Dylan Brooks said, hey, I, we don't need Carmella Anthony or, or Howard to come and resurrect their career off of us. We're fine. Hey, you know what? Dylan Brooks, he has, you know what? He's proven that he's a valuable piece of that team. And we know that that team is young. But he's a valuable he's a valuable piece. Mm-hmm. He's proven that he can play in the league. And you know what? Most coaches would like a player like him on the team, get in there and mix it up. I agree with everything that everybody else has said about him. He's physical, he's he's dependable, you know, when he's on the court. He's he's gonna play defense. He's physical with everybody. He reminds me of uh, he reminds me of Draymond, but a better score than Draymond. But he's young, man. You know, he's he's out there running around and 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 being physical with everybody. And sometimes that's not good for for the team. 
But uh, that's what, like everybody said, that's what coaches, you know, they, they want that type of player on the team. Is he a star? I don't think he's there yet. But he's off to a good start. I, I would I, I like I like to see him play, but he does things that put his team in jeopardy at times. But as time go on, he'll change. He's just young right now. Okay, I'm I'm gonna stay with you, Tommy, because I want let's talk about your thoughts of some of these NBA teams like the Pacers, the Pelicans, the Spurs, and the Hornets. Hey. Okay, I'll start with the Pacers. <clears throat> you know, they're a nucleus, man. It's, they're young. They uh, That kid, Hal, Hal Burton or Hill, they got Turner. And uh, they got this guard. They, I think they drafted him bathroom. I forget where he's from. What's but it's going yeah. to take, <clears throat> take some time for them, man, to, <clears throat> to where they can be in a, in, a, in a position to compete for any kind of a championship. As for the Pelicans, what I would like to see from them is for them to play together and everybody's healthy. I think if that team was healthy, and they're very talented, they would be a problem. They would be a problem to beat. They're very talented. Um, If they can get everybody in and get everybody healthy, I think they could compete for a championship. As for the Spurs, I think they're in a rebuild. They may have a chance to draft that kid, uh, Victor Vinbanyama. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they pronounce his name. Yeah, but he got <laughs> I don't think they're going to be a threat for the next two or three years. I, I don't know what's going on out of San Antonio. Plus, they don't attract too many free agents out that way, so it's going to take them a while. And for the Hornets, um, they need to find somebody, to, you know, somebody else to, to make their transactional decisions, whether it's in the draft <laughs> or free agency. Uh-oh. Because the decisions they've been making, they're questionable, man. Um, Hope Michael's listening. <laughs> but they need, to build around, they, they need to build around ball. But they got some building to do. But they've had their chances. You know, uh, he's, had, he's had good draft picks and it just didn't work. Okay. Uh, Larry. Yeah, these uh... – these are middle of the road guys that uh, everybody did we mention. Uh, the, the best out of all of them, uh, as everybody's mentioned, I, I believe are the Pacers. Uh, you know, with Tyrese and Buddy and Miles, they're just thin. They are a young team that plays really well together. Very well coached, play well together. They're just a little thin. They probably, if they had a veteran, a veteran or two, I think they could come it'd be well and maybe just uh, somebody who could score at, at, at like a a three or a four position. Um, the Hornets, you know, LaMelo can't stay healthy. So I'm not sure. Rozier, after he left, you know, I, when Rozier was at Boston, I kind of thought that he and Jalen Brown were, you know, very, very close. But obviously Boston saw something I didn't, as they should have. And 
Rozier has just been okay. He's just been an okay guy. Kelly, uh, uh, Kelly Ober, he, I think he's a good ball player. I think this team will probably, well, I don't know if he would, uh, like Gordon Hayward or somebody. I think this team would is good parts for somebody who's looking to make a really good playoff run, you know, for a championship. They've got players like that that could come in and, and fill some voids for some others. The Pelicans, I don't know if we go – I don't know if we go see Zion. Uh, you know, he reminds me of some of the old big guys. Uh, trying to think, of, you know, a boy out of uh, out of Ohio State that never panned out because of injuries. Um, big baby. I, I, I just yeah, I just don't see him, uh, you know, playing. Now when he does play, uh, he plays well. But his style of game, what he does to his body. And uh, is is difficult to maintain for hell half or a quarter of a season. Ingram and McCullum can score as good as anybody. He's as good a guard as there is. Um, so Valachunas is good. I just I don't know. They're going to continue to build around Zion, and I think that may be a problem because he's. I don't know when he's going to come back and be completely healthy. To be honest with you, so I'm not sure there. The Spurs, you know, what's really funny about the Spurs is I think they have the best, uh, you know, the best coach in, in all of basketball. It is a tough, a tough place to attract. And, and then it's a tough place for these young players to want to come play. Um, the last time they had all their success, he is a certain style of a coach. He is not one of these young coaches, you know, that bends over for these young guys. Um, <laughs> he's an old school coach, uh, which attracts a certain kind of player. And you have these superstars that have kind of picked teams, you know, I don't know if it's based off of demographics, whether it be Miami, you know, L.A. and things like that. So um, they're suffering. Um, if they get that big guy, uh, the, the big guy, uh, I can't even come close to pronouncing his name, Tim. Um, I think that's wow. a heck of a start. Yeah, it, 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 with the young guy, that uh, you know, I picked in our draft last year, the guy Jeremy Sokon. I picked him twice last year. He's playing very well. <laughs> I, re- I know y'all remember my draft. I remember. Um, that's right. So he's he's playing well. I like them. Um, they just need a lot of help. But by the way, between him, you pick up one guard with that big man, and it changes everything around with that coaching in one year. So by the next year, by at this time, we could be talking – that the Spurs are the, the, the fastest uh, rising coming out of the, the West. Okay, uh, Tim. Yeah, um, Pacers, just an average basketball team. They're, they're not ready. Um, they're just, just an average basketball team. I don't think they have great talent. I think they've got good talent. This is middle of the road. Uh, the Pelicans are, are a very talented team when all of them are healthy. They can beat anybody. Problem is, I think Charles Barkley put his finger on the on the trigger uh, with what their problem is. Zion is just um, not disciplined enough to keep himself in the kind of shape to last for 82 games. And I, I think Larry pointed that out. Um, that's a problem. But when he's healthy, they can beat anybody. Um, I just don't think they're going to be healthy enough with him and his habits the way they are uh, until he loses about 20 pounds. And... Um, and 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 really gets himself into shape because I think he's going to continue to get hurt uh, otherwise. Uh, the Spurs, uh, they just don't have enough talent. Um, you know, they when they won, when they were at their best, uh, they had a, a group of international players uh, from all over the world who came together and were working together with Coach Pop. Uh, and I think Larry pointed out he's probably the best coach in the league. 
but without talent, you can't do anything. And they haven't had a great deal of talent the past several years. The Hornets, um, quite frankly, Duck, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they look good at times, and then, you know, other times they, they, they stink up the gym. So I, I don't know uh, about them. <clears throat> okay, uh, Conan. Okay, I'll begin with the Pacers, too. Um, and, you know, they're struggling this season. You know, they got a record right now currently at 31-38. They're like seven games below 500. Um, but I believe they're at that, uh, I want to say, and I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what place they are in the standings. So all I know is they, they are like seven games below 500. That's not good at this point. I like a lot of the names that's on their roster, though. And uh, so I don't know what it is other than maybe they just need more pieces um, and just more time to get it together. Um, you know, Halliburton, McFerrin, you know, you got T.J. McConnell as your point guard. Uh, yeah. I think he's a reserve type of guy. So, you, you know, you got to get some players on the roster to actually complement, you know, some of the other guys in order to be able to compete. In the conference, the conference is really, really getting tough, man. So um, you gotta, you gotta be able to uh, uh, match up and compete. The Pelicans, um, they're standing at the tenth spot right now in the standings, thirty-three and thirty-five. Uh, injuries has been a problem. Uh, I think someone mentioned a thing that was Tim. Uh, those guys are healthy, man, and they got guys out there in Zion. They can beat anybody, you know, like are really to watch when they're out there you know, with their full roster. Um, all I can say right now is that they cannot lose another game. If they, you know, if they are vying or trying to get in, in the play-in, they they got they got to win every game. They got to win every game. Uh, the Spurs, seventeen and fifty. Uh, man, that's that's a horrible record. So right now, at this point for them, they just got to wait for the draft. I think right now they, they are uh, slated for the third pick. Right now, in all the projections, that's going to be Brandon um, Brandon Miller, who plays for Obama, 6'9", guard, you know, can you know can shoot the ball, handle the ball, create his own shot, guard and defend every position. He'll be a great addition. Who knows what else they can put together with that. Um, Popovich, he has been probably the best, one of the def, definitely one of the, the top coaches in the league for, for forever. I don't know where he's at right now. You know what I mean? Is he on his way out? You know what I mean? I, I was asking myself. I said, man, how long has Popovich actually been around? He's been he's been doing this thing for a long time, and uh, I wonder if he is on his way out. Um, I know at one point they were talking about they were, he, how he was grooming Tim Duncan, so I don't even know um, exactly what's going on with that, but I don't know how many more years he has. Um, they just want to rebuild his side. Charlotte, the Hornets, 22-48. and 48. They just need to finish the season strong, man, and just try to build again through the draft. And, uh, you know, right now they have, they, they're like, Standing is like number 14. Like they only had a shot to do anything else but just try to finish strong and just look for the future. 
Yeah. Okay, uh, staying with you, Tony. Beefing or making us go, hmm. Dave, I got some beef tonight, my man. Uh, I got, uh, I got some beef tonight. I got a, I got some beef, man, with the All Star Weekend. That's what I got beef with, you know. And I hope all those guys on the line listening to me right now, all of them, all the stars of the NBA, we need you guys to participate All Star Weekend. You know, dunk uh, contest, man. I want to see John Morant. I want to see Donovan Mitchell. I want to see Giannis. Whoever else, get in the slam dunk contest, man, and electrify the crowd and give the fans something. Come on. Three-point contest. I want to see the Carey brothers in there. I want to see Dane yeah. Dollar. I want to see Poole. I want to see KD. Come on, man. Let's really get this thing going. Can you imagine seeing these guys in the three-point contest, how that place would be rocking? I might I might throw uh, a whole package together to make All-Star Weekend. I know these guys are – we're going to be participating. I'll I'll make every event, you know, to, to witness that. The skills challenge. I want to see Kyrie. I want to see CP3. I want to see Luca, and I want to see the Joker. Since he's so skilled, I want to see those guys in the skill contest, making them do some things and showing how great you really are. That's my beef. Hey, can you take it to uh, Adam Silver, man, and the rest of the guys? Love know how I feel, man, because. Man, I'm ready to blow up on here. <laughs> hey, I, I I I can see the lines lighting up. I think Princess is taking Adam Silver's call right now. All right, we're gonna move on. While, while she's taking his call, we're gonna move on the line. Like, uh, I'm making us go. Hmm. I got a hum, but let me just piggyback real quick on that. You, you know, we're used to. We grew up at a certain age where the NBA was building and every all-star and professional participated. So, you know, we were privy to see Doc and the Dominique and Jordan. All the best came out. And now it's, you know, this billion-dollar, you know, you know, machine that makes money in these huge contracts, and these guys sit out. So we are losing on that. I agree with you. Uh, that, that, would be, oh, that would be unbelievable to be able to see some of those people. So – uh, just to piggyback, the second thing was I got a hum, and mine's uh, Joe, you know, John Morant. Um, I, I want to, you know, kind of equivocate him to an Allen Iverson, and 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 I'm not sure it is, and maybe it's unfair, um, you know, but Iverson, you know, came in, and Iverson came from a, a really different kind of a background than Morant did. Morant came from an intact family. Father's there at every game. Um, I'm not sure, you know, the message that his father is giving him. And, again, some of the other players, uh, this image that they're trying to uh, portray. But, obviously, it, you know, it's, 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 it's caught up to him enough for him to be in rehab, and I don't know if he's extended that time to stay in rehab or if the NBA or there's a partnership. I hope he gets it together. He's a hell of a talent. He's an unbelievable talent. Um, I would love to see him and his team come play basketball. Um, again, once you make it to this level, I'm not, I, I don't know why we need to, especially in our culture, why we still need to have, you know, certain mentality where we haven't given up on where we come from, uh, well, where some people have come from. And I just think it, it, it hurts a lot of these young kids out there. 
playing 82 games off season, on season is very difficult, long in any profession. Um, I'm not sure if they need more mentorship. Uh, I think somebody mentioned it somewhere else. Maybe they need to have some more mentorship. And, and by the way, I didn't understand why Haslam um, had so much importance on Miami's bench until I started hearing some of the other players talking about what he did for them. Um, so was mm-hmm. he stealing money? Well, on the court, he probably was. Off the court, though, uh, his importance is invaluable from everything that I've heard from all the other players. So maybe um, all these, uh, some of these other teams maybe need to have an extra roster spot or a coach, you know, that is, you know, in between, that liaison that can, you know, tell these guys, hey, listen, you need to stay away from this, and this is the type of behavior that will get you into trouble, and this is the type of things that you need to do to stay out of trouble. So. That's my uh, home for the day. I appreciate it. I want to go to uh, Tommy. Beefing, I'm making us go home. Uh, first of all, I, you know, I agree with everything Tony said, and I agree with everything Larry said. It was very well very well put. But you know what? I, the game has changed so much, man. I'm still beefing about this officiating. <laughs> I... Um, uh, <laughs> Man, you gotta work. Hey, when you go out on the basketball court nowadays, you gotta work, man. Your body gotta be right. These guys, yeah, it's very physical out there right now. And I don't know how much it's, uh, you know, they going over there looking at the replays and stuff. But the officiating is terrible to me. That's 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 my beef. Just the officiating. All right, uh, Tim. One minute. Yeah, um, go home. Yeah, uh, probably making us go home, making me go home anyway. Uh, Seventeen <laughs> games in one year at Duke. Um, never went to a playoff game in Cleveland until LeBron got there, and then destroyed a team um, by just acting a fool. Um, go to Boston, destroy the team. Um, they were better off. They played better than you know without you than they did when you played. Uh, went to New Jersey, destroyed a team. Um, wow. And now, um, Mark Cuban, who I, one of the richest owners in the in the league, uh, thinks this guy's going to resurrect his franchise. <sighs> what was he thinking? The guy mm-hmm. can't stay healthy. He's a cancer in the in the locker room. Uh, just makes me go, hmm, what is he thinking? (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's been some collateral damage. (laughs) I I want to thank Tim, Tony, Larry, Tom. Well, I was going to say Tommy, but my homeboy (laughs) here. Thank you, Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Francie. <laughs> Duck. I'm done. You got it, Princess. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, have a great week. We appreciate it. It's March Madness. It's here. We'll have a lot to talk about next week for sure. You all stay safe, okay? Be good. Get on my news. <laughs> you couldn't have said it any better, Tommy. You can come back next week now. <laughs> Duck will talk to you. 
right, we're going to get out of the way for Sports Talk Atlanta with Travis McGee and Jamel um, Johnson. You guys have a great evening. Never had it so good. Be good. Thank you, Eric Tisdale. Always.